It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Good morning. This is Brooke Howard with The Daily Beast. It's Tuesday, June 23rd, and these are the top six stories the Cheat Sheet team is watching right now. So President Donald Trump was up late Monday night tweeting out videos of random Black men attacking people in America. The disgusting posts included one video from late last year, which showed a woman being violently shoved by a Black man into the side of a subway car in New York City. The man had been arrested, by the way. Another clip showed a Black man punching a white man inside a Macy's in Michigan. The president captioned his second video with the question, quote, Where are the protesters? Following those tweets, Trump posted about Monday arrests near the White House after protesters tried to bring down a statue of former President Andrew Jackson. Trump threatened demonstrators with up to 10 years in prison. The White House has not taken up the chance to explain what motivated Trump to share the videos. White House trade advisor Peter Navarro briefly caused financial markets to plummet on Monday night when he told Fox News that the U.S.-China trade deal was, in his words, over. Trump economic advisor Larry Kudlow was forced to dispute Navarro's comments and the president tweeted out a rebuke of his trade advisor's apparent slip of the tongue. During an interview with Fox News, Navarro said the, quote, turning point of the deal was the coronavirus pandemic, claiming that, quote, China lied and Americans died, while insisting negotiations were finished. The Dow Jones Future Index immediately dropped hundreds of points. Navarro eventually walked back the comments, telling the Wall Street Journal that he was, quote, taken wildly out of context and was simply speaking to the lack of trust we now have of the Chinese Communist Party. An Oregon church has been tied to over 200 30 coronavirus cases after holding a service attended by hundreds of worshipers following President Donald Trump's demand that states be allowed to reopen. At the time, around Memorial Day, Oregon was only allowing gatherings of at most 25 people to maintain social distancing. The Oregonian reports that a since-deleted video from Lighthouse Pentecostal Church shows many, many more congregants singing and dancing close together. And the next day, the church held a graduation ceremony. In its announcement that services would resume, the church said it had made the call, quote, in accordance with Trump's orders that states allow churches to open. The church-linked outbreak, which was announced a week ago, forced the entire county to roll back its reopening plan. Seattle police will soon retake the East Precinct building within the boundaries of the protester autonomous zone, Mayor Jenny Durkin announced Monday. Durkin said the area would be taken back, quote, peacefully and in the near future. The precinct has been abandoned for about two weeks after police left following hostility between cops and protesters. 
The announcement comes after three men were shot in the protest zone over the weekend, one of whom died. Calls from nearby residents for the city government to take action increased, with some residents stating the autonomous zone has strayed from its original purpose. The podcast, War Room Pandemic, hosted by President Trump's former chief strategist Steve Bannon and former Nigel Farage advisor Raheem Kassan, appeals to a MAGA audience and focuses on coronavirus conspiracy theories. It's repeatedly pushed false narratives about the virus, including giving credit to the unproven theory that it was somehow man-made. The hour-long broadcasts are part of a stable of Trump-aligned conservative news programs distributed by America's Voice News, which is operated by Colorado-based Robert Sig. He has a criminal background, including arrests for domestic violence, driving under the influence, assault, battery, burglary, and drug offenses, though the charges were later dismissed. Sig also has a track record of white-collar crime. In 2006, he was convicted for his role in a multi-million dollar mortgage fraud scheme. Vice President Mike Pence and his wife Karen Pence reportedly voted by mail in Indiana's June primary election using an address they have not lived at since 2016. Their ballots recorded the Indiana governor's mansion as their residence for voting purposes, despite their having moved out of the House after Pence became the vice president-elect. Though it is legal for the two to vote from a previous address, so long as they do not register to vote in Washington, D.C., the move undermines President Donald Trump's increasingly frenzied attacks on the vote-by-mail system. The president has repeatedly claimed that voting by mail is susceptible to fraud despite an absence of evidence supporting his statements. Trump himself voted in the Florida GOP primary this spring using a mail-in ballot. That's all for this morning. Check back every weekday morning and afternoon for more of the news you need to know. Find us on your smart speaker or wherever you listen to podcasts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.